Welcome, everybody, to episode number 303 of the Extra Podcast. I almost forgot what episode number it was, Andy. Did you catch that? I did. You know, I look forward every week that I do this to knowing what number is it going to be. Yep. 303. That's really exciting. exciting. I probably got that wrong, but I Oh, hope did I you got... just make that up? No, I, I... This is a fairly big deal, John. I know. I looked at my notes earlier today, and then I didn't look at them right before we started, so I'm pretty sure it's that. So we're going to go with it. that, and then if I have to correct it later, well, we can do that. So around the table, we have Andy with us. This Steiger the Tiger is here, ready to get after it. Yes, he is. And wow. also, we have, I think, making his podcast extra podcast debut, Yes, Ron Friesen. Kenya Reason Friesen is here. Ooh. Oh, Ooh. we'll find out. Yes, won't we? we will. <laughs> yes, I have we a will. I have a burning question for you. Ron. Burn away. Is your real name Ronald on the birth certificate? Yes. Is it Ron or Ronald? Ronald. Now, why yes. don't you go with Ronald? That's you know, a fun name. Only to say. my grade two teacher called me Ronald, and that was only when I got into trouble. <laughs> so was your mom the same way? Ronald! No, no, no. Trouble at home wasn't ever Ronald, I don't believe. No, no. Teacher trouble was always Ronald. Okay. Yeah, that 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 would put fear into my soul when I'd hear that. Ronald! Because my mom, when, when I was in trouble, it was definitely and Andrew Walter Steiger. It was the full ooh. middle name in there, too. Oh, yeah. A little, that? Bit of, little bit of what you need to know about Steiger right there. Yeah, yeah Walter in the middle. Wow. Yeah. AWS. AWS. Pause. <laughs> wow. You're welcome for that. Yeah. That's very good. Yeah. When I become famous, that's, that's what okay. I'm going to go with. Uh, you should. So, Ron, you because, are famous. Ron, because it's your first time on this podcast, we're going to ask you a little bit about yourself. How long have you been here at Northview? Well, uh, let me see. This stint is now uh, on staff a little over two years. Okay. But I, I first started in 1999. Wow. Uh, came, That's a long time ago. Yes, Some I know. Some of our listeners probably weren't even born yet. Probably not. Uh, but yeah, that is a, a while back. But yeah, I was in, uh, I, I came in and oversaw the youth ministry, mm-hmm. uh, middle school, high school, and then was hands-on in, they had a, a ministry at that time called Roaring Twenties. Right. And so I ran with that for about a year and a bit, and then I divided it up into uh, an actual college ministry and a single adult ministry. So was Dave Curry before you? Before you? Yeah, Dave Curry. I took over after Dave Curry. Okay. Yep. Right. And so what's your role here now? That was before. What's, uh, yes. What is your role here By now? By the way, though, before we move on, I think it might be of interest for people to know that I believe you started Wakefest for young adults. Yes. Ooh. Yes. Yes. So we pulled that off in Asoyas. That was one of the... One of the deals that we started in June, we always kind of went in and around that Father's Day weekend. Yeah, we but still we would, do. Yeah, I know. We it's, still it's, go. You've got the name now, yeah. though, that we yeah. never had. You, you do. Oh, you didn't call it Wakefest. No, no. That, that's that's. Um, I think that's, that's started uh, recently. Jeff's tenure. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, it wasn't Wakefest at all. We had. I forget what we called it, but they had a different different name, but it wasn't Wakefest. For those of you who don't know, we take our young adults to a Soyuz and. There's around, uh, I think currently we're all probably almost 150 young adults. Yeah, that's yeah, amazing. It's going to be a good time. Yeah. yeah. If, you're yeah. A young, if you're a young adult, I think there's a couple of spots left. So Ooh, sign up quickly. Probably, They're yeah. going fast. Yeah, yeah. So, yes. So you're, what's your role here now, though? So um, right now my role is I oversee youth ministry. Uh, I'm on a part-time basis, so I uh, oversee middle school, high school, and technically even the young adult world. Yep. So... 
Oh wow, that's right. I got to so, be careful. Oh yeah, your boss. Ronald. So uh, so, but <laughs> <laughs> Ronald, yes. So but hands on in the high school. So yeah. ultimately, it was uh, with Kyle moving over into a, a discipleship role and all that kind of thing. They were obviously a, a man down in the youth department there, and they had a couple of younger sort of uh, learning um, individuals there with like with Luke and with Anna Lee and thought, okay, bring the old guy back yep. and just kind of help put some stability. <laughs> bring the, bring old, the guy old guy back. back. Exactly. Love so, it. Uh, so it's been great. So I've actually had a chance. And what it's done for me is I still kept my job, obviously, at uh, CBC. So I teach. Uh, I'm 80% there, 50% here. Mm-hmm. That does add up to 130 and away we go. So hey, it's that's great. It's part of what we do, and I, it, it actually has benefited. I think my classroom. Uh, anytime you can be practical, uh, practically involved in ministry, and then take that into the classroom is a good thing. So mm-hmm. I enjoy the I enjoy the mix. And this has always been our home church. I was an elder, actually, after I left in two thousand and five. Then uh, I became an elder here as well, and then. Uh, moved off the elder uh, board and then on to uh, full-time or half-time staff here. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have any questions you'd like to know about Ron, you can send us those and maybe on a future podcast, we will get to those if yes. he ever decides to If I ever come again. back. Yeah, yes. there you go. <laughs> so Ron, you were preaching this weekend along with myself. You were preaching in Abbotsford and I was preaching at the uh, Sunday night service. Mm-hmm. And we had this fun passage to talk about. Yes. The shrewd dude. The shrewd dude. That's what that's I called what, mine. Did you call the yeah. shrewd dude? Nice. Yeah. The shrewd dude. Yes. So Luke chapter 16, it's one of those uh, parables that uh, uh, gives a few uh, of those who are studying it thinking, okay, what what actually was Jesus talking about here? Because we look at some of the dishonest yeah. actions of this manager and uh, some of the implications. And then obviously there were some words that Jesus chose there that, uh, mm, what does this mean? A yeah. first read would definitely make you think, wow, Jesus is telling me to do something dishonest. Exactly. Totally. Yeah. You kind of get that oh, Jesus, why did you use this guy to tell this story yeah. moment when you read it the first time? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, and so it was actually a great passage to kind of jump in. Be honest, I have, yeah, that was a dishonest match. To be honest, uh, <laughs> you know, there I'd never preached this before. I just kind of, you know, I'd done the prodigal son. That's a good one. You know, you can always get some yep. good, good mileage out of totally. that. Yeah. And, uh, and then, but this one, nah, we'll just skip. There's lots of parables, 38 of them or whatever, you know, and, and it's about somewhat about money too. So I mean, my world has been more about the youth side than, right. and uh, in the young adult world. So not necessarily you know looking for an offering, you know that yes. kind of sense. So, uh, but this has a lot to do with money, but it also has a lot to do with your heart, mm-hmm. and uh, and your intentions, and uh, what's going to last, what isn't going to last. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Uh, is there anything that you didn't get a chance to bring up in your sermon, or did you kind of cover everything you were hoping to? Probably not. There's lots in this passage. Yeah, there that you is. Can go with. You know, I mean, you can spend a lot of time, and here's what I found: you can spend a lot of time trying to figure out what Jesus was saying, particularly, you know, when he commended or when the master commended, you know, the 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 shrewd dude. Mm-hmm. Um, but he didn't commend him for his actions, but he commended him for being shrewd. Yeah. Okay. And so, so I unpacked that shrewd part about it. What does that mean? Yeah. And then, of course, you know, then Jesus talked about those who are in the light and those who are uh, in the world and to use their unrighteous wealth uh, so that they might be received eternally. You right. know, so there's some, 
there's some interesting words there and yeah. phrases that, and I'm, I probably didn't unpack, you know, the uh, the children of light and the children of this world as much as I could have, mm-hmm. but you know, obviously went there as as much as I would. But I, I at the end of the day, you know, I, I think the point was is that that God wants their heart, yeah, and that our heart. Uh, you know, as a discipler, as a disciple and as a follower of Jesus, uh, he owns my pocketbook too. And do I want to uh, uh, give so that others would receive the Lord, you know, and that I would be somehow welcomed into eternity because of the money that was invested into seeing souls come to know Christ. Yep. And I mean, that to me is powerful. Because isn't that an interesting aspect of this this parable that you have a guy who's managing this dude's money mm-hmm. and he's not doing a good job at it yes but so he's gonna lose his job yep. now all of a sudden he starts thinking shrewdly exactly right, right yeah as soon as the crisis comes now it's now i gotta think about the future yeah but before that ah you know what master's never gonna find out he's never gonna come to the farm because he's probably I got, living I got in rome easy and street here exactly yeah. Yeah, now all of a sudden, right? He's going to lose his job. So, okay, you know, I'm going to I'm going to adjust these books mm-hmm. as as you you guys talked about, so yeah. that yeah. these people are going to like me when I get, when exactly. I get the boot. Totally. Yeah, I mean, oh, he said, man, that's shrewd, you yeah. know, and it is. So, you know? and and I think that this is why the manage the 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 business owner commends him. Yes. Because he's like, you finally did something, you know, thoughtful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you used yeah. your head. You used yeah. your head. Although it's for your own gain and, right. not, yeah. and not for me. And, right. if, and if he wasn't getting anything, he was now for sure getting something because now I can pay these bills because I just got percentages lopped off of them. Yep. And so his reputation, the master's reputation, which actually is indicative of God as well, yep. that he's very generous. Yep. You yep. know? Yeah. And I think that's an important part of this as well is that the master, he lost, but he gained. Yeah. You know, he loses a little bit of the financial side of things, but he gains in reputation. Exactly. Yeah. 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 No. And so then to me, this, you know, it's it's one of those things that I'm, I'm constantly thinking about as as a Christian and how am I using the time that God's given me? How am I using the finances that God's given exactly. me? And am I just trying to ride the easy street not not really making good investments of my money or my time for the kingdom, mm-hmm. you know, and then the and then the manager comes knocking, right? Yep. Yeah. And then yep. okay, well once once all of a sudden, you know, my my job or life's on the line, now I'm gonna start getting busy. Cause it, it reminds me of people that say say they get cancer all of a sudden. And now all of a sudden, they're really interested in God. Yes. Now all of a sudden they're really interested in the kingdom and mm-hmm. doing ministry. Mm-hmm. And and to me a question that that you know, is, well, why wouldn't I live like that now? Right. Why does it have to take cancer or something to motivate the, the me? A catastrophic event just to yeah. nudge you that way. Yeah. Oh, I think I think the catastrophic catastrophic events nudge us that way because they bring the future into view. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the big thing this parable is trying to point out is, are you thinking about the future? Yeah. Are you thinking far enough into the future? Because I think some of us do think about the future, but it's 5, 10, 20 yeah. years from now. Yeah, we don't necessarily have to deal with it today. No, no. But and I want to throw a question out there that I've struggled with a lot. I'm curious how you've dealt with this, Ron. Uh, your your legacy and just the ministry that you do. Mm-hmm. You know, we live in a culture that it feels to me like it's a culture that's constantly telling you it's not enough. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you want to be successful, it's got to look like this. And, and you know, that, that goal just constantly is... You know, like it's this carrot that just slowly pulled farther away from you, you know, as you try to climb this rung of success. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and am I doing enough? 
Uh, and I think about just, you know, guys that can get swept up of that even in ministry. Mm-hmm. Am, am I serving enough? Or is my church large enough? Or mm-hmm. is my nonprofit big enough? You know, like, I, I think that we're constantly, like, we can go both ways with this. Right. We have the one guy who doesn't do anything, and then the one who just is is trying to find their their identity in the midst of it, and it, and it has to get bigger and bigger. Right. How, how have you wrestled with that? Well, you know, I think in... In, in my world, I, I go way back to when I first started in ministry. Um, I mean, my beginnings were very, very meager, to say the least. I mean, I was a kid who got kicked out of high school. Uh, I was voted uh, most likely not to succeed, you know. And, of course, that and that, that kind of— <laughs> Sorry, can we just camp there yeah, for a moment? Yeah, no kidding. In your high school, you were voted— Most likely not, not to, to succeed. succeed. <laughs> yes, yes. That would never happen today. No, that would not. No, would, no, no, no. <laughs> that would no, never no. be a category. No, I know, I know. No, everything's positive. How did you happy. feel about that? Well, I mean, there's a couple of things that happened in that world, you know, and for me, and I'll never forget, a, you know, we're digressing here a little bit, but— uh, getting, I got kicked out of geography, geography class in grade 10, which was actually quite a joy. And, um, <laughs> yeah, it's geography. you know, geography, oh, yeah. please. And so anyway, so I'm sitting across in the principal's office, in the principal's office again, and, and he's really ticked at me because this wasn't the first time I'd been there. But this actually changed my world. The next thing that he said to me, he says, Friesen, you're a loser and you will always be a loser. Hmm. And I got wow. up. And I walked out of there and I said, that's enough. And I mean, it changed my world because I just, I felt so defeated. I felt so lost. I mean, sure, I was a kid. I was not a bad kid. I just, I like to fool around and all that kind of stuff. But, but you know, but for me then I thought my life's over. Hmm. I mean, I got kicked out of school probably about three weeks later. I was done. And uh, that was grade 10. I was 16 years old. Ronald was a bad boy. Ronald was a bad boy. Yes, he was. Wow. And so, and, and so that changed my world. But here's the deal. My mom never stopped praying for me. Yeah. Never stopped praying for me. And this is a long story, but you know, I, I got back into school within about another year and a half. Uh, somewhat graduated, but really didn't. Uh, skipped grade 11, went right into grade 12, and then landed up going on, on uh, academic probation to a college in the States, uh, Grace, uh, it's called Grace University, now it's Grace College of the Bible then. And there, someone got a hold of my life. And it was a youth pastor in Bethany Baptist Church who was also a student, and he was on the ball team as well, and, and he and I connected. He was a bit older than me. And uh, all of a sudden, somebody believed in me. You know, and so that kind of put me in a, in a thing that says, God can do this. Mm-hmm. I was always thinking, okay, this has always got to be in my own strength, my own strength, my own strength. Well, no, this is God. You know, it's his grace. He is sufficient. And what he's called you to do, he will bring you through it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, and I just fell in love working with young people. I wanted to be a youth pastor. And I've had opportunities to do other things, you know, to jump into a, a senior role or to an associate role or to do something else. But I, I think in the bottom line, I've always just wanted to work with young people. Mm-hmm. And, and now as I'm older, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm their grandparents' age, right? And you wonder, do you still have the ability to to speak into a teenager's life and you know and I and I I yeah and I say absolutely you know mm. uh, and part of that for me and you know now there's a way 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 more behind me than there is in front of me but but I think for me the legacy I hope that it, it reveals a couple of things that that God is faithful his grace is sufficient 
and obedience is absolutely imperative, you mm-hmm. know? And, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter if there's, and I keep telling my students this at, in, at, at Columbia too, I says, I don't care if you got five kids or 500 kids, you, you faithfully prepare the word, you, prepare, you faithfully speak into their lives, you, you be, you're that role model, you're that, that, that shot of consistency that points others to Christ, you know? Yeah. And, you know, numbers are numbers and, and uh, volume is volume, but uh, we all will stand before the Lord and be accountable yeah. for what God has stewarded us to steward. I think, I think that's the big point, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Is it's being faithful to what God has asked you to, to steward. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and that's that and that's that whole passage. It goes there and says, What are we doing with our time and possessions and gifts and abilities? Not just about the wallet. It's about everything that we have and own and are. Are we stewards of this with God to for kingdom work, you know? And so that's a cool thing. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's great. Appreciate that you for sharing that, Ron. That's that's great to hear. Mm. Uh, I think all of us in ministry, I think that's probably the mm-hmm. the goal. And if we've not thought like that, maybe we should think that way. It, it is interesting, though, for how many of us it were. It was one of those life changing yes, moments. Absolutely, catapulty for me. One of one of my moments was the first sermon I ever preached. The youth pastor from that church came up to me afterwards and told me that I was the worst preacher he had ever heard <laughs> in his life, and he and he basically said, "Please do the ministry a favor and and do not go into oh, no ministry." Way. Oh, wow! Yeah. Wow! Yeah! Wow! It's amazing. Yeah. We Th- thank we, you, my brother in Christ. That's right. Yes. Thank what a you. Blessing. Thank you. Yeah. No, that's great. But how was the offering? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, guys. We got a, a couple of questions that have come in from listeners over this last week. So thank you, listeners, for submitting your questions. Again, if you have any questions you'd like the extra podcast to, to answer or you'd like to have responded to, extra at northview.org or we're on Facebook at, at Northview Extra. So just find us there and send your questions in. We'd love to, to hear from you and respond so one of the questions that came in this last week was from uh, a lady, and she has had some conversations with some people this last week about why the Bible is so hard to understand. And so her question is that, why is it that the Bible is hard to understand? I would just jump in by saying, I think um, people, conversation in general is difficult to understand. Uh, I, I don't think that it that it has to be the bible i i would imagine let's just imagine that you were to grab two well-known rappers today mm-hmm. and throw them in a room and you could just be a fly on the wall and you could listen to their dialogue how how difficult would it be to know everything that they're saying i mean uh, i hear so i hear stuff said in songs all the time where i'm like what does mm-hmm. that mean yeah i've never heard that before i have to go i have to go google it right yeah. but if you're living in la or new york or what well everyone knows what that means well, you know, so it's it's interesting that the uh, it's interesting the type of language that we use and and how specific it is to a time. And think about this: even if you were just to break, you know, you know, go back a couple decades, mm-hmm. you know, and if you could be a fly on the wall, then I mean, you'd have a difficult time understanding everything that's being said, right? Sure. Uh, and so, it, my point just being that conversation takes work. You have to you have to be up on uh, the 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 vocabulary that's being used. Well, and I think too, I mean, scripture speaks to that as well. I mean, like newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow in respect to salvation. So there's an understanding there that if you take the whole Bible and you, a, a baby just could not, 
you know, you know, inhale the whole thing. You know, I mean, it's kind of like a steak dinner. I mean, you you got to be able to grow mm-hmm. in all of this. And so I think if you look at the Bible in whole and say, wow, how do you understand this? Why is this so difficult? Well, depending where you are in your walk with the Lord, if you are, if you've never, you know, invited Christ into your life and you're just kind of looking on the inside and say, man, I don't get this. Well, I, I'd understand that too, because I think that's where you need other people to help you understand it, help you to unpack things. If you're a new Christian, I mean, obviously there's going to be some texts and some books and some passages that are going to go, okay, I need help here as well. Right. But I think it's a growth thing too, where it's, it's bite-sized. Mm-hmm. If you're going to tackle it all at once, I mean, wow, that, that could be very intimidating. Yeah. But I think that's why we do need, you know, obviously the, the community of the, of the local church, uh, being involved into the, uh, being under the teaching of the word, being in, in community with others who know the word as well. Yeah. Yeah. It also makes me think of, I was just th- reflecting on this recently about how, how the way in which Jesus would teach. And, and one of the ways that he would teach is often in story, like we mm-hmm. heard on, on Sunday with the parable of the shrewd dude. Uh, or, or we think about, uh, you know, different kind of stories that he told. Some are very famous, such as the parable or the story of the Good Samaritan, for example. And, and one of the reasons that uh, Jesus liked telling stories is because he was challenging people's perspective that were often backwards from mm-hmm. the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. And he was needing to write, you know, write them, if you will. And in some ways that, that's a disorienting process that mm-hmm. requires somebody to actually think about it so that they can begin to change their perspective. And so in that, you know, the story of the Good Samaritan, he's throwing it upside down and he's putting the the villain to a Jew in the hero's position. Right. Right? Getting this this uh um Pharisee or this uh uh expert in the law to to think about the question that he was asking with regards in that particular story with regards to who his neighbor is. Yeah, I think coming back to what Andy was saying earlier about um, knowing the conversation, I think also just knowing God and how he's revealed himself in his word. I think if if we try to pick up the scriptures once every six months, yes, of Mm -hmm. course, it's going to be hard. It's like trying, that's like trying to be in a relationship with somebody where you only talk to them once every two years, Mm -hmm. or maybe you're getting to know somebody and they come across as very intimidating or very rude or any number of things that is off putting. And then as you get to know them, you start to realize that maybe that's their sense of humor or you misread their personality or a bunch of different things because now you know this person. Right. And the same thing goes with scripture. Yeah, you can read something that you're like, I don't know about that. And then you get to know this this God and who he is and how he's revealed himself. And, and you start to realize how this fits in with his character and who he is. Mm-hmm. Don't you think another aspect too of, uh, that goes along with this, John, is if you're if you're going to understand that, the story of God, right, you have to you have to appreciate it as a story. You have to appreciate that when you're opening the Bible and say you're reading in the New Testament, that you're, you know, they, for example, maybe you're reading one of Paul's letters to a church. Yep. Oftentimes, though, the way I find people want to read the Bible is like a fortune cookie. Yeah. Right? They just they just want to parachute in. They want to read a verse or two. That they can stick on a mug. Yeah. And and then they walk away. And then, and then it you can be really confused when mm-hmm. you do that because you're forgetting that... It's a letter. You know, that'd be like jumping into just a couple sentences of a letter that I wrote to Nancy. By the way, this happened one time. Uh, this was awkward. Uh, the, the, I had an email that a missionary, long story short, that a missionary read just a couple sentences of it. 
and took the entire email out of context mm-hmm. with regards to my wife and I were dating at that time. And and he misunderstood completely the situation. And, but then when I showed him the rest of the, I go, oh, oh I, yeah. you know, I missed, you know, I missed, an, I jumped to conclusions yeah. from what I read. Well, I find that we often jump to conclusions when we read the Bible, when we're just kind of reading it as a fortune cookie. Right. And sometimes I think we're looking for answers that we want affirmed or uh, we have our own presuppositions, same sort of deal, you know, like, oh, well, I don't understand this, but in my case, it's it's different. And so we're looking for that nugget that will kind of help us through this day. And okay, that's good. Now it works and all that kind of thing. But but I, I agree, I think context and longevity and just that that daily understanding of how this is important. This is life-changing. This is the word of God, you know, and I think we, we look at that and say, is it just supposed to kind of open up and, and just kind of throw itself on us? We have to study, you know, we yeah. have to know the context. We have to, to be um, immersed in scripture, so to speak, as and well. That's one of the things I love about it is that there is depth yep. to the scripture. Yes, you know, you can, you can peel one layer and, it, and God's going to convict your heart. There's no doubt about that. But you can be in the faith 30, 40 mm. years and you're still, still learning. Still unpacking. Yeah. Still unpacking. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think and that's the, you know, even this, this, this uh, listener that is sending this question, I, I think we can be, you know, sometimes I think we open up the word and sometimes maybe we feel like we just hit a brick wall, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I guess there is a certain sense of perseverance and, you know, and, and depending where you're reading and what you're reading and, and because all of a sudden you can, what does this do for me? You know, and I mean, so if you're caught in the book of, you know, numbers and things like that and saying, how does that work? Or you're in Ecclesiastes and you're going, oh my goodness, you know, now what am I going to do with all of this, you know, versus, okay, how am I growing in my relationship with the Lord and how do I unpack this, mm-hmm. you know, so that I am wanting more. And shouldn't that what God's word say to us? I want more, not less. I want more. Yeah. I think too, coming back to, to something Andy was saying earlier about how we, how we read it. We, we don't read other books this way. We don't read a novel or even a newspaper or a letter this way. As the fortune cookie way? Yeah, the fortune cookie way. We don't, we don't jump into the middle of these things and just kind of skim for that um, nugget of whatever we can, you know, stamp on our day or our week or our year or a month. We, we read books to understand the whole of the book from beginning to end. And often, and we can do that with just the Bible itself as a whole from Genesis to Revelation, or you mm-hmm. can even do that with the Gospels or with Paul's letters or even some of the, the books in the Old Testament mm-hmm. as well. I find that if you take a, what a, a top-down approach to reading the Bible where you go um, book, chapter, you know, uh, pericope or, you know, paragraph to, to verse. And then if necessary word, I guess, right. That's that top down approach. Nine times out of 10, you won't find it complicated. And I think you have to remember that God is incredibly relationally. He is relationally committed to seeing his creation come back to him. So this book is all about all of that. And so when I look at the Bible, I says, you know, obviously it, it, it unpacks my relationship in a, in a, in a vertical way, but it also prepares me in a horizontal way of how I handle my day to day stuff. So it's got both angles coming at you all the time. Amen. So I guess I guess we would say that it's not necessarily that the Bible is hard to understand. It's that sometimes we make it a little bit more difficult by, by how we approach it. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are culturally, we are, we've been, we, we have these culturally conditioned ways that we tend to come to the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. 
Um, we had one more question come in from a listener, and this one might not take as long to go through, but uh, this came in just, uh, actually, I think it was yesterday, came in, and it's, uh, why did Jesus explain the parables to his followers only and not explain it to the broader crowds that were out there? So so for, I think, for example, there's, there's uh, he tells this, the parable of the sower and the seed. And tells the story to the crowd, and then his disciples come to him afterwards, and then he explains it to them. But he doesn't explain it to the the whole crowd right after he tells it. So why is it that he he would do that? Well, that's a good question, uh, and I, I think you have to remember where Jesus was. You know, he operated in and among the people, and sometimes there were hundreds and you know, literally thousands. And uh, so you got to remember when he is teaching, you know, some of the, if he's pushing the boat back into the water, I mean, everybody's in. And then if he does, you know, obviously have a place where it's, it's amplified and you can hear all us. Can you imagine talking to a hundred people or a thousand people or 2000, how are the people going to hear this? Yeah. You know, we're used to, you know, microphones and all that kind of thing. So obviously this, you know, th- there are certain things that would probably get lost in all of that. Mm-hmm. And then, but his closest group of followers were his disciples. And so that's why many of the stories that Jesus unpacks are, and he said to the disciples. Now, there were others who were listening also as well, just like it was in the case of Luke chapter 16. The Pharisees were in earshot as well. So I, I would say that, you know, the disciples were his primary goal. I want you to get this so that you will be able to transfer this you know, in in your ministry long after I'm gone. And so I think in that world, I mean, he did uh, he did give the parable. And maybe they got it and he, they, you know, and the disciples didn't, you know, I don't, I don't know. But I mean, obviously the disciples didn't get some of this stuff, yeah. you know. And I think we got to remember, uh, I, I often break it down like this. Jesus was a rabbi. It means teacher. People that followed him were called disciples, but it's just a fancy word for student. So he's teaching them. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think mm-hmm. that he's teaching them in multiple ways. One, you know, as, as Ron is getting at, like he's 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 teaching them through telling them the story. Sometimes they got it. Sometimes they didn't. And when they didn't, you get this behind the scenes peek as yes. he is as he is teaching them what it means. And then you understand he's sending them out into the multitudes and they're they're teaching, they're mm-hmm. unpacking, they're explaining. Yeah. And and this was one of the ways that that he did that. And I and I think, you know, uh, again, Back to what Ron was just getting, I think practicality, uh, how else, how is he going to do that when you have that many people and you're relying on natural amp- amplification, right? And there's no handouts. Yeah, there's no handouts. No, nothing like no that. Printer. There's all oral tradition right, right there. Yep. Everything that is said is going to get repeated. And these yep. men needed to get trained up to take the word. Absolutely. Yeah. And and it's also interesting, too, that the these disciples understood as well that uh, with Jesus' teaching, there were implications to what he said later that they didn't fully understand at yes, the time. exactly. And, yeah. And they, so you're also getting that behind-the-scenes peak going, we didn't fully understand what he meant by this teaching, but then after the resurrection, we understood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah very true. No, thanks, guys. Thanks for coming out. Thank you, Ron, for being here. Great to and be here. Andy, again, for being here this week. Uh, we look forward Always to having to you guys. We look forward to having you guys with us again soon, and thank you to all of our listeners out there. Have a good week.